Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm your host, Young Me Mayor. And I'm your other host, Brian Park. Yeah, you are. That was pretty nice, right, Young Me? Yeah, I liked, uh, it was good. There's zero confidence know. in that <laughs> assessment. It was good. Did you good. take voice training lessons? No, but I'm reeling okay. here because you tell. sounded exactly like my mom when you said <laughs> it was good. <laughs> is your mom one of the moms that say things like it was good instead of being like that sucked? Is uh, that your mom? Yeah, she never says it sucks. She says oh, okay. everything. She said, oh, it was good. But like zero truth behind it. And in some ways it uh, hurts even more. <laughs> my, mo- my mom is like, she'll say it. it um, she'll say it sucks even though it's good because she'll get really jealous if I do something well. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. That's a lot to unpack <laughs> there. That's a lot. Right there. Right up top. But we have a very, very special guest today. Do you want yeah, to introduce our guest, Brian? I would love to. Guys, today's guest, or this week's guest, more accurately, uh, super, super, super funny comedian. He's an opener for Ronnie Chang, super famous Ooh. comedian, Crazy Rich Asians fame. Well, and uh, our guest today also hosts a podcast called What's Eating You?, Everyone, please give a warm welcome to Brian Yang. Hey, what's up, everybody? Young me, Brian. Thanks for having me on the show. Woo! Brian, a tale, <laughs> woo, a tale of two Brian's. Two Brian's. We got the two Brian's here. This is the it's a running joke between us that <laughs> if you are Asian and your two name is Brian, Brian's. Yeah. you are going to become a comedian. <laughs> you have to. There, <laughs> there's so many Asian Brian's in the scene. You have to. You really? have to. And only one of us is going to make it. It's going to be Park because he's hot. Yeah, we have to fight each other. Yeah. <laughs> or realistically, n- none of us. <laughs> none of, yeah, most likely. <laughs> <laughs> There's no more comedy industry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the comedy is extinct now. We've effectively all been put it. out of business. It's great. <laughs> I, I'm starting a TikTok. I'm, thi- I'm looking out for my future. I'm doing an OnlyFans. That seems very lucrative. Okay, yes. so you guys are TikToking and OnlyFans, mm-hmm. you, aka you are both extremely unwell. <laughs> <laughs> We're in our thirties. Right. Um, what if we? What if I did an OnlyFans and people would subscribe and it's me doing stand? That would be hell. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really psychotic. <laughs> Only available on OnlyFans. <laughs> uh, it won't put on YouTube or anything. Oh <laughs> but then I'm also God. naked and then my feet are also in the. My feet are also in. You view. have to put your feet in view. Yeah. Uh, young me, how are you feeling? How am I feeling? Oh my God. So who even knows anymore? I'm going to stop repeating myself. Uh, how am I feeling? You know, I'm feeling, I would say I had like a theory, please. Okay. I wanted to ask everyone not to mention the, remember like two weeks ago, our episode about the person that got canceled, mm-hmm. never mention her name again. Cause I'm over it. But I noticed that a lot of celebrities are getting canceled this week. And I was like thinking about it. And, you know, I was, like, feeling feelings about them, too. Just, like, fuck this bitch. Like, this is crazy. Like, yeah. how can anyone think this way or, like, feel? And then I was, like, I looked inward, like I like to do when I have negative thoughts, you know? Because I'm a introspective person, and I, I feel like everyone should do this. <laughs> um, and I was, like, why am I feeling so much, like, anger about, like, Lana Del Rey? Who gives a shit? Except, yes, what she said was terrifying, I think, for women because it's so anti-feminist. And so much internalized misogyny, but like it scared me. But I was like, why are my feelings, my strong feelings about this like person that I have nothing to do with? And then I saw like online, like all the backlash and all these people are just feeling really strong feelings 
canceling everybody and i'm like this is i feel like a lot of this is tied in with the fact that we're all in quarantine Mm. and we're just like we have a lot of emotions there we don't really have a lot of place to put them anymore it's right. like in my day to day I sort of have little like interactions and little like little you know like little fights and stuff or But why do you think it's always feeling? a negative mm. thing though? You know? Mm. Like in this oh. past week I it seems like you were upset multiple times because someone needed to get canceled but <laughs> like yeah. equally couldn't you have just been like <laughs> fuck yeah dude like this no, person no, makes this awesome music I love it but it doesn't no, no, happen but that this way. Is the thing. No, no, Brian, no, no. I, I'm just like, well, I was wondering because everyone online is so negative and so angry about right. you know, Lana Del Rey. Because I do so the same thing, too. It's so easy yeah. to be like, but fuck this person. But I, I'm yeah, ra- there's I, no place I, for me to like get mad at the guy that cut me off. Or, you know what I mean? Like that. So <laughs> I think that some of I think a lot of us just are like we have so much energy, emotional energy right now. We have no place to put it except for like fucking lana del rey unfortunately this <laughs> <laughs> poor woman so i just like i like it when men hit me and we're all like fuck her um no yeah you can tell she has a lot of issues and probably canceling her wasn't the way to go i think if we were in different times people would kind of feel yeah, bad for her like, but we're all therapy. yeah we're all feeling bad right now because it's a very yeah. overwhelmingly negative time in history i feel like so yeah, when we, we see someone so emotional energy, we see someone worse than us. We're like, fuck them so quickly. Um, yeah, that's true. I yeah. never think about There's Lana like Del Rey unleashing. until this thing <laughs> yeah, happens. Yeah. I don't. I don't even really know what she does. <laughs> now I'm angry. Yeah, yeah I have no idea. <laughs> and so anyway, so I was thinking. I so I was yeah. So I was feeling like, oh, I want to like oh make sure to keep myself in check, even though intellectually I have so many issues with what she says, and I I find it's so dangerous. Also, like referring to the two weeks ago episode where the other person got canceled, I think that my concerns are legitimate, and there are like really big, terrible issues with the, what the what, how these women are talking and stuff. Also, interesting that they're all women, um, but that's just another whole a whole different conversation. But I I want to keep myself in check and make sure that I'm like not moving around my emotions to something that it doesn't really where they don't really deserve to live but also just touching base on the negative versus positive thing i have to say that yes i've had a lot of negative emotions and i've been getting very into this like online drama stuff because i and i feel so stupid (laughs) about it but then you know for some reason it's soothing for me but also i have to say that i've been calling my friends every day and facetiming and i have been laughing the hardest i've ever laughed in years Wow. Like, like me and my friend. So my best friend, Audrey, I call her like every day and we like drink wine together, you know, at happy hour, which is 2 p.m. now, I guess. I don't know. And um, (laughs) (laughs) every day at 11 a.m. happy hour with Audrey. um, And so that every time we call each other, we will joke around and I will literally be shitting my pants like to the point where she like started like recording like screen recording me because I'm literally just like dying. I'm literally (laughs) dying. And and I'm like, wow, like, I, th- I think that there it's just we have a lot of like energy. There's a lot of emotional energy. Right. And that's sure. what I think. And I, I just wanted to say that because I feel like maybe I feel like maybe a lot of people are experiencing the same thing I am with the online drama. Mm-hmm. And I'm not telling anyone what to do with your life because you can. Let's be honest. I love a messy bitch and I love messy <laughs> drama. But it's all but we like, have. I feel like maybe. Now. It, 
It's all I have. It's all I've ever had, Brian. <laughs> it's all I've ever had. Chaotic energy. But um, <laughs> but I, I feel like if you are feeling very strongly about this shit and you're going in hard on Twitter, like, you know, I'm not telling you what to do, but like if you're like me and want to maybe just like step, take a step back and be like, why am I so into this? You know, what's going on with me, basically? Right. It's a good question to always ask yourself, I think. And that's why I've been really careful and actually never really uh, talk about that kind of stuff online. Like, I don't get into it with people. I just sort of, like, I'll sometimes make a joke, but, like, I won't seriously discuss it online. Um, so that's how I'm right. feeling. Full of energy. Yeah. <laughs> Fat and full of energy. <laughs> I, lo- I love me some online drama. Brian, you I actually, know, so I, I, you had a little oh, online Brian's drama episode. Drama. Yeah, I think you, so young <laughs> me, you, how you're describing is so perfect because young me will uh, message me and be like, I'm rooting for you, but I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, no, I did. Oh, I did get, I did get into it on your, one of your tweets because yeah, you oh, that's right. white did. woman with Emily Ratajkowski, right? I did. I had, yeah, and I was like, I, I actually <laughs> ratioed her, which was amazing. Because she has like 12 million followers. Uh, so for our listeners who don't know, what does ratioing mean? Well, so it's when she has more negative comments than likes on a post. So she okay. she posted like, the fat Jew's my friend. I don't get why comedians are so mad that he's using your content. And then, you know, we were all like, well, he's not paying anybody. And he's like, he's stealing our work. It's like when that photographer... Right took images of you and sold them without your consent right that's what he's doing to us and then sure, sure. it's the thing where people don't see comedy as real work they think i think yeah. a lot of people think yeah. jokes just come from the ether and that they're all yeah. fair news like they're not coming from one singular mind um people yeah. are like oh like that louis ck joke that's everyone's joke now or that example because he's canceled <laughs> but just <laughs> <laughs> right, right. just any comic yeah, x that is it's my joke now. right comic yeah. x some douchebag steals his joke and tells it at work. It's like, that's basically yeah. my joke. But they don't realize yeah, yeah, how yeah. hard we work on the material. And it's the right. only way we because can make money. We're great. all broke, too. She's so rich. It's crazy. Yeah, you ratioed her, um, but I think she's okay because she's that, probably that, in a mansion in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. That, that I, was my I next tweet. I think she's going to survive. My next tweet after the fight <laughs> was that I ratioed a famous supermodel, but I still feel like she's having a better day than I am. <laughs> <laughs> It's like that. Remember the Mad Men elevator scene? Oh, did I send this to you, Brian? Where the guy, like that, like intern, is like, "You're." I think about how he tells Donald Draper, like, "I think about how you're fucked up every day" or something. And Donald Draper's like, "I never yeah, think about you." Yeah, like, <laughs> That's love her. That. Yeah, that's exactly love that. that's exactly what happened to me. That's her. Wait, what's her name? What's her name? Emma. Emily Radikowski. Yeah. And that's Emily, and she just yep. like steps off the elevator. Exactly. <laughs> She's in Ibiza right now. Mm-hmm. Good for her. You know what? She's I like, think, I don't think. What you does know. that say about me that I am not Emrata famous, but I carry that Don Draper mentality <laughs> with me all the time, where I'm like, I don't fucking think about you, okay? <laughs> I don't think about you because I, you know, I have a history with drug use, and I don't really have a short-term memory. <laughs> that's that's okay. why. That's a different, that's a different thing. <laughs> Oh Who are you again? God. Oh, okay. Brian, how are you feeling? Brian Park. Uh, yeah, well, thank you for saying my full <laughs> name. I don't know why you did that. Because um, well, I'm differentiating. Uh, yo, I miss my friends so much. And that feeling is so strong this past week. Yeah, I'm FaceTiming them and Zooming a lot. But 
fucking shit. I want that more than anything right now is just to be in a room with my friends. Even if we're just not even talking and we're all on Tinder or fucking around on our phones, that connection is so absent in my life that and it's yeah. driving me insane where to just to be in like the physical pr- like feel that physical energy with someone in the same room. Mm-hmm. I have none of that right now with friends. You know what I mean? I think it like satiates a different part of my humanity, like just to be in the same room with a friend. Let alone, I'm not. I'm just asking to be in the same room, not even like share a fucking meal with a friend, just to be in the same fucking room with them. So I'm going. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going a little delirious, and I f- I notice it because I'm like texting frantically with my friends for no fucking reason. And I'm like, I feel like I'm being really fucking annoying at this point because mm. I'm using it as a substitute for like real physical contact no but, but yeah, everyone's that's doing that you shouldn't feel like you're annoying yeah but i don't know for I've, I've seemed fine but this past week for whatever reason i'm like fuck i just want to b- i miss my friends so much so right. that, that's how i'm fe- that's how i've been feeling this week i've been missing my friends a lot and i'm contemplating going back to new york even though i don't really have a production job waiting for me there mm. but just so i can go for a social distancing walk with a friend oh you know i was in your neighborhood yesterday because i was picking up sushi um (laughs) at that sushi the fish store the japanese fish oh amazing yeah and i like missed you i was like brian's not here oh young me i got so sad i was like i was like oh maybe i should stop by and just say hi to brian i was like he's not here and I love how you had that wistful, sentimental feeling. Meanwhile, I was probably jerking off on Pornhub in Texas <laughs> in that exact moment. <laughs> with your parents in the next room. Speaking exactly. of jerking uh, off, I went to go. Oh room. my god! <laughs> oh my god! Somebody sent me. Somebody sent me a picture of them jacking off. Um, in their parents' bath <laughs> bathroom in their Wait, parents' house. Was this a sex <laughs> or was it a bit? I can't. S- okay. Oh, it was a video. It was a video. Oh, nice. Did he a, lead we with that? Sexting. Did he lead with that? He was like, "Hey, I'm in my parents' bathroom right now, and it made me think of you." And it's just a <laughs> video. Right, because no, young, young me, you you um, we publicly post about how you date a lot of 24 year old skateboarders. So. Yeah, yeah. He was. He's not a 24 year old skateboarder, okay. but he. Uh, he was, we were just sexting. He sent me a video, and then I sent a text to my friend. I was like, "He just sent me a video of him jacking off in his parents' ba- bathroom. <laughs> Life is relentless." <laughs> dude, that's my new motto. Dude, Life is relentless. Do women like to watch dudes jack off? I feel like we like to watch girls masturbate, but I don't feel. I like it. it. Okay. I like it, but I'm very horny, mm-hmm. and also, you know. I'm, that's the kind of person I am, but it's also all of it's consensual. Right, 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 right. Uh, we yeah, were, yeah, we're yeah. in the middle, yeah. of, middle of doing. No, it it's always. Just like I just feel like even my wife doesn't like to watch me jerk off. I like it. She's like, come oh, on, man. man. <laughs> Brian, life is relentless. <laughs> Brian Yang, how are you feeling? Man, I'm feeling really weird. Um, I don't know what how to put it to words. I so we're in a weird ass time. Uh, my life feels so surreal that right now. I just got out of the hospital a month ago, and uh, it's weird to watch like the press conferences with Cuomo and mm-hmm. De Blasio, and they're kind of talking about like exactly what I went through. And then today, the big thing all over social media is like the front page of the New York Times is uh, 
basically a huge obituary with a thousand people who have died of COVID. And, right, right. You yeah. know, selfishly, it's like, fuck, I could have been on this list. <laughs> yeah. Here's another list I'm not going to make. Um, but no, it's just really weird. Like, I almost died, and so I'm physically becoming healthier, but mentally, I still feel mm. all fucked up. Like, I cried several times this week for no reason, and just, not no oh, reason, geez. but, you know, more than I, I never cry, really, but it's just, like, things mm. just yeah. get overwhelming, and then you think about how you almost died, and then you don't yeah. know, everything's so uncertain, you don't know when this is going to end, um, and it's just, like, a very contentious time, and... Yeah, there's a lot of things yeah. that play, like with Brian. Uh, Brian was talking about being lonely. The lack of human human interaction probably is part of it as well. Like I'm lucky mm-hmm. I'm here with my wife and our dogs, but uh, that's also a weird thing because then she's at work and then she gets stressed out, and it's weird to work from home with your spouse there all the time. That's not like a dynamic. Mm-hmm. That's unusual thing. So it's all fucked up. Everything's all fucked up and weird and. I'm, like, so much more emotional than I usually am. Wait, so just just so we can make it clear, you're in the hospital with COVID-19. Yeah, uh, a month ago so I was in the, hospital, sure uh, in the hospital for two weeks. And, the, uh-huh. yeah, the first week I was semi-conscious. And then the second week I started recovering. And then even when you get out of the hospital, you're still, like, really weak mm-hmm. for about a month. And uh, so wow. I'm just getting out of that period now to where I can do things that I normally would be able to do physically. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's still, it's so emotional. Like that's the thing I think people don't think about. Uh, when you get the flu, even that's like kind of emotional. It's a very like nostalgic thing, right? Like you start feeling sad. You, you kind of want your mom, mm-hmm. you know, you think about when you were sick yeah. as a kid. And then COVID is an even more aggressive version of that where you're like, holy yeah. shit. Oh, absolutely. And then it's the biggest news item in the world right now so it was really crazy to get uh, like you guys messaged me and like just you get thousands of messages and everyone's really emotional too it's just like a lot of emotion flying around that uh feels great but you're not used to receiving all at once Uh right right you know i saw that you tweeted that you had (laughs) covid19 and i was like oh shit brian got coronavirus and then you're one of my favorite Twitter follows. So, you know, if you're listening, go give Brian Yang a follow on Twitter. But you tweet a lot. Yeah. Very prolifically. Tweet- <laughs> do, so yeah. You, you, you tweeted that you had coronavirus mm-hmm. and then you went radio silent for like two weeks. For two weeks. Yeah. And I, and I knew mm. and that, like after about a week, I was like, oh, shit. I hope Brian is okay because Dude. he hasn't tweeted in a while. And <laughs> Jay Jordan thought I was dead. He thought I died because I. <laughs> what? Yeah. So you, I wasn't the only one. You had friends who thought Dude, you died. A lot of people thought. <laughs> so my, um, the friends I talked to like every day noticed yeah. after 24 hours, they were like, "Dude, this is weird. Brian hasn't tweeted tweeted in 24 hours." And I oh thought that was funny, <laughs> so I had to me- I had to text them like, "Dude, wow. guys, I'm just I'm in the hospital. I'm alive. I'm okay." So they knew, but like the comedians that I like, we see each other like maybe once or twice a month, right? And we're right. Yeah. like we that's when we talk, and we're that's uh, but we see each other on Instagram and Twitter. But now, yeah, I was just like because we couldn't see each other physically at shows anymore. Like you and Jay, Jay was like, dude, I thought you really had died, man. He was texting me like crazy and we're friends, but we don't text each other all the time. And he was like, dude, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? But I was so out of it the first week that I didn't realize that was what he was doing. 
like checking yeah. on me. And on top of that, I got messages from a lot of other people too. So I was like, holy shit, I'm so sorry, dude. I did not know that you thought I was dead. Like, I'm fine. I'm getting better. So it, it was really, really weird. Um, yeah, and I was I remember, close to yeah. it, too. I was close to dying, so it's really... So Jesus. you were close to death. That's intense. Yeah. That's, that's so scary. fucking insane. It feels good, but well, it I also rem- feels, like, weird yeah. to survive. It's, like, a weird... Were you... Like, when you, when you were experiencing it, were, like, did you know fully what was going on? No. Like, the lucky did you ha- were there moments where you had to, like, confront your own mortality? Not until afterwards, luckily. Like, the weird thing okay. is, I was oh. so out of it that you... I had, like, my family was more worried about it than I was because they were aware of what was going on and they were hearing the news. I had no idea what was happening to my body until afterwards the, do- the doctors told me, like, it was really bad, like... Your turnaround is pretty miraculous because a week ago, your lungs were shot. Like, you could not breathe on your own. And for whatever reason, because Mm. of the antibiotics, my immune system, like, after a week, I started getting slowly better. And it was just a weird, like, I got lucky. I think it's a mixture of luck and being young. If I was old, I definitely would have died just because it wrecks Mm. you. It wrecks your body. Um, But I didn't face it until after i got out of the hospital like a week after so the first week i'm just so happy to be home and then things kind of turn back to normal and then you really start thinking about it when you're like by yourself like holy shit like i could have died and yeah it's just weird because you go from so happy to living and then thinking about like what if you did die and then you feel guilty about like i mean i just started reading it's not healthy but about all the other you hear about all the people in their 50s and 60s and 70s dying, but then I just started reading all the stories about people my age dying and just getting really depressed. Like, why did they die yeah. and not me? And just oh like God. weird shit like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wow. imagine, you know, recovering from corona during a time like this is uh, extremely unusual because I feel like with most near-death experiences, once you've mm. survived that, you're you're in a non-quarantine world mm-hmm. where you can enjoy mm. things. You could go to, you know, you could go to the beach. You could go hang out with friends. And those are the moments that really make you relish and appreciate, like, the small, uh, like, the small, th- even the small things that life has to offer. But, you know, you're released from the hospital and you're just now confined to your apartment and you're just mm-hmm. constantly, like, inundated with mm-hmm. news about this disease that you had almost died from. So... That must be torturous, you know? Dude, just Mm -hmm. hearing the voices of Cuomo and de Blasio is, like, so triggering because that's what was on TV in the hospital was their daily Mm -hmm. press conferences. And now when I hear their voices, I can't even listen to it anymore because it takes me right back to the hospital. Yeah, it's just exactly like you're saying. Like, I can't just go out and, like, oh, I got a second chance at life. I can, like, travel. I can do all the things. Like, now I just have to sit and wait to do all those things I want to do until things yeah. get back to normal. Wait, so is that true, though, if you've had it? Because I read other, like, conflicting articles about if, you, if you've if you had it, you can get it again. Is that true, that you can't get they it? They don't again? know. That's, That's a the weird thing. thing. Yeah. Um, so my wife's a nurse, so she's saying that most likely you will develop antibodies and you uh, mm-hmm. the chances of you getting it again are really low. But they can't say mm-hmm. that conclusively yet because it's brand new. So they don't want to say 100%. Right. It's like the flu. Once you get it, you can't get it again. Um, I think they're afraid to mutates, say that. Right. right. They're, they're afraid yeah. to say that. But, uh, oh, my God. That was another fear I had 
coming out of the hospital because they didn't they didn't know just a month ago. So it was that thing of like um, when you get cancer and you're like, holy shit, what if I get it again? I almost died mm-hmm. and I could die again. So that was another fear I had. It was I was like so scared to go outside, so scared. Like you become so there's so many things that play with COVID because we're told to stay inside and then sometimes yeah. we're told like okay you can go outside yeah. for essential things like for the groceries or to pick up uh prescriptions so i was even afraid to do stuff like that because i was mm-hmm. so scared to catch it again mm. oh my gosh that's so intense my god <sighs> but then you were saying that your wife got it too but then for her she was a sick a little like she had like the flu for three yeah days she had fine. a fever mm-hmm. and a body aches um it was like yeah. A high fever for one day, and then she was kind of like mm-hmm. back into it, um, ready that's to work. Crazy. Yeah, it's really crazy. And then yeah, that's so nuts to me. It oh it was yeah it was weird I, because we're we're the same age. We're both thirty one. We were just like oh like I'll get better in three days too because I was kind of a day after yeah. her. And man, oh. it went on for two weeks at home, and then two weeks in the hospital, and I was like holy oh shit! My God. <laughs> I lost a whole month of my life shit. to this thing. It was so fucked up. Oh my god. That's amazing. So you were wow. sick for two weeks before you went to the hospital? Yeah. Um I was wow. calling my doctor on the phone, uh, mm. and telling them like I think this is like worse than most cases. But they were like, You're thirty one, uh, like you'll fight it off, you'll be okay. We don't want you to go to the hospital because you'll more than likely just infect someone else or get sicker. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. on the day I went to the hospital, I couldn't even talk. And then my doctor was like, oh, shit, okay, go to the emergency room. So I probably went to the emergency room the exact time that I had to before I would have, like, you know, who knows. So you called him and you were just like, oh, he was like, okay, you need to come in. Dude, I couldn't, like, (laughs) it's so fucked. Like, I couldn't walk to the bathroom. I couldn't, um, man, just the smallest movements of your body, like moving your arm up like this, that would take all Uh the air out of my body. Um, I couldn't, oh, I wouldn't be able to talk to you guys like this. I would have to like, it was just like, you know, gra- gasping for breath, gasping for breath. And then, um, it's insane. As soon as they put the oxygen machine on you, you're like, okay, fuck, I can finally breathe. It's so scary to not have any air in your body. Uh, it's like an, a s- sensation wow. that I can't even really describe because oxygen is mm-hmm. what gives you life 24 seven, you know? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. You know, wow. I didn't I'm, realize first, well, first and foremost, right. Like first and foremost, I just want to Jesus, man. I'm really glad that you're okay and you're on the mend now. Thank you, guys. But do you, you know, it makes sense to me how you're still processing because this is all like you just went through a very serious life experience and yeah. Uh, you know, we're, this is an, an unprecedented time. Has your perspective on life changed at all? Maybe in a more positive way or like do you know, like, once this quarantine ends, are there certain things that you want to change about yourself? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there are a lot of positive things that come out of this, for sure, too. Um, it was just this week that it's been, like, emotionally strange. But uh, mm. in my mindset, I don't have any hindrances that I did prior. Like, I used to be very um, worried about, like, what other people would think of me uh especially as a comedian and a writer right like you're so afraid like Mm -hmm. if i put something out like what if people think this sucks or this is stupid like i don't have Mm -hmm. that really anymore now i'm just like dude i almost fucking died if i write something i'm gonna put it out and see like what happens (laughs) you know what i mean it's just like i'm playing with house money now it's just like 
I want to try whatever I want to try. Like if it's shit, it's shit. It's nothing can be as wor- as bad as what I went through, right? Like if I put out a pilot and and I submit it somewhere and they're like this sucks, then that's whatever. I'll write another thing. I used to be so scared yeah. of like trying and failing, but now I'm just going to try mm-hmm. whatever the fuck I want to try. Like that perspective of like how yeah. minuscule the things we think are important are not actually important. Uh-huh. Like the one thing that's important yeah. to me is my wife. That's it. Like I, if you know, like that's what I was thinking about yeah. when I was almost dying. I wasn't thinking about like, oh, why don't they book me at the knit? Like I, I that that is like <laughs> comedy shit that doesn't really matter. That's why I get so upset now when I see comedians yeah. talking about like I can't wait to get back in the clubs like I'm dying like dude you'll be fine like if comedy ends yeah. we will be fine it sucks because we're comedians and we love doing this but yeah if it's over dude we're lucky to be alive like do something else I don't fucking know man um so it's just really right. weird to see the comics who think that they're like real fucking soldiers and heroes about like wanting to yeah. get back early I think it's funny that you say that I experienced like not the near-death experience aspect, but the life priority realization at a very mm. small scale sure. while I was in quarantine because I was with my sister and her family. And I remember at moments I would ask my sister, I'm like, oh, should I post this on Instagram? Is this too much? And my sister, who's nine years older than me, she'd just be like, Brian, who fucking cares? Right. Okay? Like, I, 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 have yes. two ki- I have two kids I need to take care yes. of. Like who are you seriously asking me this right now and i'm like what a privilege what a privileged life i lead where this is like taking a brain space right now (laughs) that i'm wondering if i should post this thing or not (laughs) i find myself saying that all the time i'm like oh should i post this i'm like who gives a shit shit? (laughs) i mean it (laughs) sounds like a dumb thing to worry about but that's stuff we worried about before right um, well, because yeah, our yeah. career depends yeah. so much on public perception. Right. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there were times before where like I thought like, oh, man, like this tweet is why people don't <laughs> like me. It's like, no, man, that was all made up in my fucking head. Um, yeah, and now, you know how shit. everyone's doing like front facing camera videos. Like I thought those were so dumb. And like I was like, oh, I'll never be able to do something like that. But now it's just like I'll fucking do it. Who cares? Like if yeah. I'm not good at it, oh, I mean, then to, just be go fair, away, whatever. to be fair, to be fair. To be fair, a lot of them are terrible. <laughs> Sometimes I'm watching them and I'm like, I cannot believe that you have the nerve to think oh any my human being deserves yes. to watch your shitty. Fu- some of them, some of them are really funny mm-hmm. and they make me shit my pants. But some of them, I'm just like, I'm filled with rage. Yeah, it's another young, Lana Del Rey situation I, where I don't know this person and they're making me so angry. <laughs> I would be careful because uh, scientists have said that talking shit on front-facing comedy videos increases your susceptibility to corona <laughs> That's right, by yeah, 75%. Oh, okay. <laughs> it just came out today. <laughs> yeah. oh, the World Health Organization just tweeted it, yeah. So be careful. Um, Wear a mask. Yeah, you know, I find myself... Oh, you, you know, also, I was like... My friend was talking about some sort of drama where somebody was, like, talking shit about another comedian to this more famous comedian and i was like texting her like man who gives a fuck right right now you're kissing ass to this famous you're throwing everyone under the bus for to be friends with this slightly famous person that has Mm -hmm. like ten thousand instagram followers i'm like for what reason 
Well, you think this industry exists anymore? Right. You think they're gonna get you on? They're gonna get you a Comedy Central spe- Like, who gives a shit? Bro? Right now, like, you need to like, yeah, have integrity as a human being because this is the time. Because you don't need to suck anyone's dicks anymore. Because there are there's nothing to there's nothing to gain there's from no it. There's no dicks to suck. No, there is no nick. <laughs> and also, also even like back in the day when people were like so obsessed with like, oh, I'm gonna get in the cellar. I still I was like I could not. I could not bring myself to get into that. I'd be like, this is so pathetic. I'm sorry. Right. I know that's like, I'm I'm not, if you have a dream, that's beautiful. And I love you, but they're all like shysty people trying to like cut each other down, trying to like inch up in this world that no one cares about. You know what I mean? Like if they're good people, I'd be like, Oh, you have a dream and you're a wonderful person. Good for you. You know, what's a lot of times like these shitty people like fucking each other over for what? And now it doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah. And you a shitty person. <laughs> You know what's so cool that's come out of this? How comedy has been wrecked by this because we rely on audiences and we rely on comedy clubs. The coolest thing is to yeah. see how our Asian crew, the New York Asian comedy scene, has kind of thrived in yeah. this because you guys, Mike and Fumi, Ed Pokrovsky, <laughs> you guys all created your own thing. And like yeah. we are all friends, so we can all put each other on our things. Mike and Fumi had yeah. 200 people in their Zoom show. I did a comedy yeah. club Zoom show. They had 20 people. This is a comedy club that's existed <laughs> in New York for decades. And they can't draw an mm-hmm. audience into their streaming show. Mm-mm. Mike and Fumi, because yeah. so much of their comedy exists online, yeah. are able to pull it's 200 people in. And I got paid. I got paid. I got paid more on their show than at a comedy club Zoom show. And the cool yeah. thing is to see, like, our... Um, collective as performers i think we'll be able to thrive post quarantine we'll see whatever happens i don't think we really need comedy clubs like the seller yeah. is not uh the end all be all so racist we'll be able to create I mean, our own thing <laughs> well, the, that's an interesting thing because because the industry and the media industry in america is so racist and built up around white supremacy as an industry you're right like we've we sort of had to create our own spaces online anyway mm-hmm. before coronavirus yeah. and now we're like thr- we're it's paying like, well, off kind of like yeah. this is where we have <laughs> been living because there's no actual room for us in your white people clubs so and right, we've already been doing this right before so, i went to the hospital yeah. because we were all trapped inside and there was no more stand-up I got signed by a manager because she had come see me do stand-up, and then she started following me Uh on Twitter, and because so much of comedy was existing online, she was like, holy shit, your your tweets are really funny, let's talk, and then she signed me, and then unfortunately I went to the hospital, but everything's good now. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) God. But because... Oh, but she's still your manager. She is, yeah, yeah, everything's great. Let's Um, go. But, like... This kind of happened, like, some really cool things have happened because of quarantine. Like, to expose the <laughs> shitty business practices of comedy clubs. And now that's gone. Right. They can't exist anymore. And suddenly our parents yeah. were right this entire time. <laughs> when they're like, how much money are you making right. doing this? You don't uh-huh. get it, mom. <laughs> and I'm like, now I'm in my parents' house. And I'm like, fuck. And right. I should have been know, making like money doing this thing that I've been working very hard at. <laughs> And also, I have to say, a lot of the people that were thriving in this model of like stand-up comedy, the world, that were not good people. No. And I, I like hope I like I hope I don't sound like a shit talker for no reason. They're just like not good human beings. And and then they 
they were always talking shit about online comedians and the younger generation and making fun of like TikTok and whatever. And now just seeing them fucking flailing. Oh God. Mm, mwah, 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 mwah. <laughs> like I'm just eating it up. I'm just yeah. like, okay. Brian, um, I thought, I think it is a great point that you mentioned how, uh, because like Asian comedians and Asian performers kind of had been pushed aside for numerous reasons. We've been for like before Corona, we were forced to create our own communities and, as a side effect, like we're kind of, you know, we're holding our own yeah. in these strange times. And this is a question that we like to ask all of our guests and it is uh, open-ended for a reason. We, young me and I want to know like, how Asian are you? Ah, uh, you know what's interesting? I feel like I am to white people, not like as Asian as they want an Asian person to be. Like, do you guys Ooh. ever feel that? Like, I, I feel well, like white elaborate. people... Elaborate. What do you mean by white that? White people place their preconceived notions on POC. Like, if a black person likes anime, they're like, oh, you're not, like, black, black. But it's like, no. They experience all the black experiences. They just are into these other things. So I traditionally, because of young me, like you were saying, we grow up in a, you know, racist society. It's a white supremacy that we all exist in. Like, the things I like are traditionally, quote, white things, you know? Um, mm -hmm. uh, like, I like pro wrestling, and I like comedy, and I like comic books. Like, that's white shit, mm -hmm. right? Um, and mm -hmm. I would always get a lot of shit for, from that, uh, from my Asian friends, who weirdly don't really act Asian, mm. they act black. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> 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 like culturally right these are guys who are wearing like jordans and snapbacks and they're like you're hella white and bro. they're into anime so which is right a very black and i'm thing like now. yeah anime is black. like the weird something weird happened in like 2006 where dancing became asian and anime became black there was a flip <laughs> trade-off yeah we had a trade-off um but personally i feel like i've connected more with being asian uh in the last maybe only three years like from 28 mm. um to in my 30s now i had rejected being asian for so long and i don't know if, brian I, th I think i've heard you talk about this um and young me i'm sure you've experienced this a lot of times you're the only asian friend in the group and you kind of pride mm -hmm. yourself on that you're like oh like the white people accept me so i'm cool and I realized yeah. how fucking stupid that was. <laughs> like, I'm glad now that most of my friends are Asian. Like, you guys, Mike Fumi, and all the other Asian comics that we hang out with. Uh, that yeah. feels mm -hmm. good to me because, like, that's... Uh, we should be able to thrive as that. We don't have to cater to white people. That was such a fucking dumb yeah. thing. When I started in comedy, <laughs> I was so proud of being able to make white people laugh. And I was like, dude, I was a fucking Asian coon. Like, what the fuck was I thinking, you know? Uh, and now doing yeah. stuff like Asian as fuck, where the audience is all Asian and the comics are all Asian. And it's like, this yeah. is how white people feel. This is amazing. <laughs> like, they get every joke. Like, you're hanging out with comics who understand you um, at a level that's not just on the surface. Um, mm -hmm. So... I still think outwardly a lot of white people would see me as like culturally white, but internally myself, I've tried my hardest to reconnect with being as Asian as possible um, in terms of what I eat, what I watch. I used to think Korean movies, no offense guys, sucked ass, 
uh, and we're like so cheesy <laughs> but i'm so offended uh, getting into korean cinema now it's like dude korean movies are a million times better than white movies they're so intricate i was just watching one genre the k-dramas which are like yeah, Asian yeah, yeah. soap operas, they they're cheesy, right? But they're right. entertaining, but they're they're so corny. They're so long to too. Them. There's like four VHSs. Yeah, yeah. Like, who's going? Out? Who, who, but who died? as you get into like the the great Korean directors, holy shit, you can hold a, uh, Asian movies up against any Martin Scorsese movie. Like a lot of times, they steal the ideas from Asian movies and make them white movies. So. Totally. Yeah. It's been uh, a rediscovery of my roots, and uh, I I hope like. For myself, I feel very Asian, and I'm I'm proud of it, and I want to be representative of, uh, you know, second generation Asian Americans. Uh, we're a weird group because we don't really fit uh, as fully white or full Asian. We're kind of a combination of the two, and I think that's its own specific yeah. type of Asian. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think we all like. Do you guys really connect with being Korean? Like, I don't really connect with being Hmong because there's not too many of us, but culturally. Second generation Asian, I feel like it's more like our ethnicity, quote unquote. And you, yeah, and you were born in the States. Yeah, I was born in America, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right, right. I I have a very different, I think Brian and I will have a different answer because I was born and raised in Korea. Oh, I see. And I I have a whole different relationship with that because I'm very Korean. You know, I didn't learn English until I was six. But like Korean people, because I, I'm half white, I don't really look that Korean to mm-hmm. them. So they've always sort of rejected me. So I have a oh, like I have like a weird I have two rejections, you know, yeah. I have the classic like what you're going through. You're American, but Americans, they don't, don't see me as American. Even, right. Yeah. Yeah. Even though you're born and raised here. I have that going on for sure. And then I also have that going on in Korea where I'm like born and raised in Korea. I'm fucking Korean mm-hmm. as shit. Like, yeah. I eat kupchang, you know right. what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no, no. So I have like double rejection, I feel like. What about you, Brian? Yeah, I feel it. this a lot. Right, I feel it because, but I have a similar journey as you, Brian, because, mm-hmm. you know, I rejected the notion of being perceived as Asian and wanting to gain the approval of white people because I exclusively existed in white spaces. You know, it's like our moment of reckoning where like why the fuck am i doing this why the fuck am i doing so much comedy for no pay why the fuck am i worrying about what mm-hmm. tweet to post when i almost died why the fuck am i caring so much about gaining the acceptance of white people when push comes to shove they're not going to see me as part of them so why am i bending mm-hmm. like bending over backwards to appease that desire um so yeah like in the last three years i've certainly uh like con- started to consume more korean culture without mm-hmm. like any sense of embarrassment or is it like putting a label of like being like oh this is so asian of me like because right. there was like a tonality to it i'm like oh, i'm being so fucking asian right now but whereas mm-hmm. now it's some it's like a point of pride no and, and i always like i talk to my wife about this because she's white there is no being so asian right like now i think of like whatever i do is asian if i watch basketball yes. that's asian if i watch a video yeah. on youtube about cars asian that's asian if i eat Pho, that's also Asian. Like, whatever we do is fucking Asian. You know, we can't stop yeah. being Asian. And it's so stupid yeah. that we thought, like, oh, if I watch this Korean drama, that's too Asian. Or what? if I watch anime, that's too yeah, Asian. Yeah. And the funny thing is now, all that shit is cool. Pho is cool. If anime is cool. Anime, yeah. BTS is cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. you know what I was going to say about what you were saying about, Brian, you watching Korean dramas and eating pho? 
Um, yeah. I, you know what I like about being Asian American though? Cause like, I feel like living as an Asian person in America because white people just grouped us all together. Mm-hmm. It's sort of weirdly is our thing now. Like right. it's pho is like my thing, even yeah. though I'm Korean. Right. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Or like, or like Chinese people will be like super into eating KBBQ, and it's like, yeah, it's my thing. I'm an Asian person. Right. <laughs> right. This right. is Asian shit. No, it's like, so funny. I like, talked to like my wife I'm, about yeah. like how ramen is so expensive and cool now, but I'm not yeah. even Japanese. But ramen is just like the dish my parents would make when there was nothing else to eat. It was like our hamburger helper. It's like, oh, fuck, what do we make? Yeah, okay, yeah. we have ramen. It's my thing. Yeah, and they would make it really good with, like, eggs and pork. Like, the way people really like the fancy ramen now. And it's like, this is so wild that white people will pay $25 for this thing that my mom can yeah. make in, like, three minutes. That would be so much better. All right, Brian. So we want to we wanna ask you this last question here. You know, it's... It's previous guests have called it a very quote unquote un-Asian <laughs> question. Okay. But we want to ask you, what is something you're proud of? <laughs> Just brag. You have this, free this agency is, to brag, this baby. This is like you guys I thought it was gonna be something fucked up, but this is actually <laughs> fucked up because we never talk about Very <laughs> fucked up. Oh my like this is like asking like, like have you ever bad, done sexual assault? Like this is the <laughs> <level>. <laughs> I don't even know how to speak about this. Um, <laughs> fuck. I, okay. In, in the theme of this podcast, I am proud of the progress I've made as a performer and a writer in a world that is not accepting of what I am. Uh, if you look at any writer's room, if you look at any comedy lineup, we're not represented at all. And I'm proud of the fact that I've been able to make it as far as I have in an industry that is not representative of me in any way whatsoever. And as a collective, all of us, we are kind of trailblazing like uh, the path for the next generation. Like hopefully they'll have an easier time being in shit because we (laughs) did horrible shows, you know? I feel a little bit responsible for like the Asian wave because I started comedy in 2006 when I was 18. I was usually the only Asian person on the show. And now it does seem to be getting a little bit easier. You know, specifically for half Asian people, they're crushing it. But, um, <laughs> oh my God, dude. It's oh a whole yeah. Of right there. But I know, I do feel like I've made a lot of progress. Um, I mean, specifically for a Hmong person, there's no Hmong people at all in show business. So. Right. The you cool know, thing I feel is, proud of. Like, this is going to sound pretty fucked up. Of, this is going to be a fucked up thing to say, but the only cultural reference I have of Hmong people. Gran Torino. It's Gran Torino. <laughs> my, my bit, yeah. And it's, and it's just Clint Eastwood being racist yeah. as shit to Hmong people. Exactly. <laughs> it's literally a movie he made because he wanted to be openly racist. Yeah. He's not even hiding it's, it. it. And it's also weirdly a he's white like savior. Yeah, it's a white savior yeah, movie yeah. on top of him. He's like, I'm racist, but I'm also the white savior. What a concept <laughs> for a movie. Um, no, but like if I make Such it, like quote unquote, man. make it, I'll be the only Hmong person. Well, I guess Brenda Song, she's half Hmong and half Thai, so she kind of counts, but I'd be the Wait, only- Wait, Brenda Song is Hmong and Thai? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought she was Korean this entire oh, time. You guys <laughs> claimed her, you piece of shit. She's ours. I thought she was Korean too. <laughs> no. Her last name is Song. I guess that's what happens oh when you're half. Uh, she looks Korean too. If you're half Hmong and half Thai, you become Korean. <laughs> that's probably what it is. That's probably where Korean people came from. Uh, uh, you know, honestly, yeah. it is a common Asian stereotype that other Asian countries don't like Korean people because <laughs> we just fucking think we're the shit and claim everything. And I just did that right now. Well. <laughs> 
I think we can all agree Japanese people are the worst. No, um, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, Feeling no, Asian. Her, her, her. Why real, do Why do they all hate us? Her real last name is X I O N G, which is Hyung, which is a Hmong last name. Oh. But she anglicized oh. it as Song, so white people could pronounce I see. it. But her dad is Hmong, oh. and, and her mom is Thai. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. But I mean, you if, know. Yeah, but if I do make it, people. I will be the only full-blooded Hmong person to like be on a show as a writer or performer or whatever so that that i'm proud of that and i'm proud of the yeah i'm at the point where that is a possibility awesome. you know so you're fucking crushing it man um but this question was like, fucked up dude stop asking no, it's, it's not. <laughs> i'm gonna feel deep shame for talking about myself <laughs> you are crushing it because i know i like anytime i see there's like competitions or like you know, these exclusive writers workshops, I always see your name thrown into the mix. And at this point, I just accepted that you are now the CEO of NBC, but for whatever <laughs> reason, <laughs> you're just he's, not being cast Brian, in anything. the Asian Brian that's going to make it. <laughs> oh, man. That's he's the Asian fucking... Brian that's going to make Why it. are you pitting us against each other, young man? You are... This is... You're using a white supremacy device... No, no, Pitting I didn't Asians make that rule. The white people did. It, well, the white people said you guys, there's only one Asian. You guys Brian are definitely allowed. gonna make it because we did an Asian show one time, and I remember there was a camera crew following you guys around. So that's big. That's a big they, deal. I hired them. <laughs> <laughs> that was my uncle. Oh, I didn't and, know. That. I didn't know. That. And his second wife. <laughs> Uh, what you said about what you're proud of resonates a lot with me because that's like a big mission uh, behind why I love performing and mm -hmm. why I do the things that I do. But just to like play devil's advocate, when I complain about the difficulties of the industry oh, to yeah. my parents, my parents, my parents are like, "Yeah, but you fucking did this to yourself because right. there's like there there literally was no one, no one who looks like you or did anything like you in entertainment." And now suddenly you think you're going to be the one to like change. Statistically, you're going to be the one to change right. it. And it's going to become like lots of Asians all of a sudden. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> you know what? You're right. But I am delusional. Right. And my delusion is going to keep me going forward. A hundred percent. You have to have a little bit well, of delusion. Someone's going to be the first one. I feel like I'm so right. proud of all of us, man. I, I don't think it's going to be any one person. I feel like if you look at scenes, they always come up together. Like if you look at the old comedy seller crew it, it was like bill burr yeah. patrice o'neill all those guys came up together so i think we're all gonna come up together and it's all gonna hit at the one time scene, yeah it's gonna be awesome if any of us makes it please bring the we're other all ones dude 100 percent. i feel I like promise. we're all bringing each other up like like <laughs> yeah are you kidding me uh people always talk about I, like oh you're always on shows with like brian and young me and mike and Foom. like we're always on the same lineups and the same the uh, show, yeah. so I think it's gonna happen for all of us at once. It's gonna we be, roll deep. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. We roll. We roll. If super I get deep. COVID nineteen, everyone gets COVID nineteen. <laughs> 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 Brian, you're gonna get it again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just oh, no, now that I have God. the antibodies we'll in my blood, my I can give my oh. blood to you guys, and we'll all be cured. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. you know right. what? I like that. I like that. I like that. Let's all let's all hang out and spit in each other's Let's mouths <laughs> oh yeah that sounds really good <laughs> can i just say before we end this i'm a huge fan of your guys's podcast so thank you so much oh, for having me on thank you i listen oh, all the time you. um this is so unique because we don't ask questions like what are you proud of and we don't talk about our feelings specifically as asians and this has really been a cool outlet 
especially I love I love you guys both so much as performers and people. Um, and yeah, it's great to have this show for sure. I think you guys are doing a lot of good things. Oh, thank thanks you so, so much, much Brian. Brian. Yeah. You're literally one of my favorite comedians. Oh my God. I always laugh literally out loud when you're on stage. <laughs> the last time we were together, I was literally laughing. Um, out. You know, when you're on a show and you get nervous mm-hmm. and you can't really focus on the other performers, but I feel like when you're on stage, like that night, I was like, I was nervous, but then I could still laugh and sort of fall into your set, which I feel like is always Aww. a mark of somebody. That's you know what's so cool funny. about that is whenever I'm on a show with one of you guys, the Asian crew, it always puts me at ease too, because I'm like, I'm not gonna listen yeah. to anyone else, but I'll watch Brian's set, I'll watch Young Me's set, because like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've heard like a million white guys who can't come jokes, right? But like, you guys are always gonna have something Seriously. that I can connect with and yes. enjoy too. So, oh yeah. god. Um, Brian, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast and like being so open and vulnerable about your experiences with coronavirus and yeah, um, yeah and fuck man, like I'm I'm really glad that you're feeling better now and uh, it's fucking crazy times. But for our listeners, where can they find your work? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Brian Yang and on Instagram at Brian L Yang. And then yeah, I have my podcast What's Eating You with Ariel Leady. It's a food podcast. Uh, We both love food a lot. And so we kind of just look at food news and the whole world uh, with a perspective as foodies and comedians. So, yeah, it's fun. It's light. We don't get as heavy as you guys. (laughs) uh, uh, Yeah, it's a a cool listen if you like comedy and food. That's awesome. We've had Young Me on our live show because she is the perfect combination of a a food person and a comedy person in one body. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. eat food. <laughs> uh, and young me, where can our listeners find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at YM Mayor. Don't forget to follow Emily. What's her name? <laughs> she needs the followers. She, she only has what, like five She's million? Only at she five needs mil. it. She yeah. needs you. <laughs> Times are tough. Times are tough for her. Um, how about you, Brian? Where can we find you? Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at it's Brian Park and. Uh, guys, we host an Instagram Live uh, at a new date. We host our Instagram Lives on Wednesday in the evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So follow our podcast page at Feeling Asian Podcast. And yeah, join us. We release our new episodes every Wednesday and uh, we and switch we to this new them format. That night. Right. Yeah. We're kind of like our own uh, Andy Cohen show. Oh, where it's that's like cool. Feeling Asian uh-huh. after right. night. So, uh, yeah, so tune in every Wednesday night, and uh, yeah. I think that's it, guys. Yeah, follow me on TikTok. <laughs> oh, yeah, and my, <laughs> my OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, yeah, Brian's OnlyFans. Only I'm going to show my whole asshole. On <laughs> 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 While doing your stand-up, right. your tight Through five. Through my asshole. You're going to show two of your tight fives. <laughs> 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 All right. Bye. All right, bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>